Welcome, everybody. This is week 12 of the NFL. We are Wagers and Ragers, two friends, not just from the Garden State, but that great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. And who both went to that fantastic, phenomenal, except for yesterday, against Maryland, Rutgers University. We love talking about betting on the NFL, and we are passionate about electronic dance music, EDM. So... Without further ado, I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and my compadre, as always, Jonathan the Hedgehog Donath. John, welcome to week 12 of the NFL. How are we doing today? The Hedgehog. Doing fantastic, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Happy Thanksgiving to all of the listeners out there. Uh, I am sitting in my home in New Jersey right now, and it is snowing. Lightly, but it's snowing which is really beginning the, uh, the Christmas season. I'm feeling all Christmassy uh, after a, a, a great Thanksgiving weekend so far and looking forward to some great football today. Yep, unfortunately, our Scarlet Knights couldn't come through with the win at home, which would have made them bowl eligible. But, um, you know, I still think, I still look at it positively. I think those Scarlet Knights are headed in the right direction um, with some reinforcements, some more talent, especially on defense. Um, we could see them in a bowl next year. So I'm ready to rock and roll with the NFL games. Let's go. We're sending you back to the future. All right, quick recap of week 11. Mixed bag for me last week. I said, listen, the Jets are dead men walking. And they came through again yesterday and did not, did not cover that three and a half. I told you to take the Dolphins, lay the three and a half points. Jets lost by seven. And on my props, again, Nice day for me on my props with the Jet game. I said take Jalen Waddell over 62 and a half receiving yards, hit that with 65, and Miles Gaskin over 47 and a half rushing yards. He crushed that. Uh, game two, Packers Vikings mixed bag here. I thought the Packers were going to roll over the Vikings um, after that 17 to nothing win against the Seahawks the week before. They ended up losing to the Vikings by one point. Packers were given one. They ended up losing 31-30 to the Vikings um, at the very end of the game. Props hit three out of four. I said take A.J. Dillon over 112 and a half rushing and receiving. Did not hit that, but did hit my other three with Dalvin Cook. Over 108 and a half rushing receiving yards. Got it by a half a yard, 109. Nice hit. Dalvin Cook over 81 and a half rushing yards. Hit that. And Greg Joseph, my field goal kicker of the week, over one and a half field goals, hit that with two. So, John, how'd you do in week 11? Well, the streak was continues. I've had a couple of good weeks in a row. Uh, that has coincided, not surprisingly, with some Eagles success here. For some of the new listeners out there, uh, what we do here is JT and I each pick two games to analyze from a betting perspective. And we always start off with our, our favorite teams game. JT of course is a Jets fan. I'm a bleeding green Philadelphia Eagles fan. So last week I started off my picks with the saints at the Eagles. Eagles were giving two and a half at home Eagles who looked like they were dead birds walking earlier in the year have started running the ball over the last month. Uh, and based on that, I thought they could hang with the saints at home, even though the saints rushing defense has been very good this year. I was right. Eagles win the game outright. It wasn't a contest for much of the game. Saints tried to come back in the fourth quarter, but fell short. I said, take the Eagles, give the points. That was right. Eagles 
easily covered winning 40 to 29 covering that two and a half hit most of my props as well uh, i said to take jalen hurts over on rushing that's going to come back later on with this week's picks i said to take dallas goddard over on receiving i think it was 41 and a half something to that effect he easily hit that i loved cedric oh excuse me I'm trying to, trying to hop to my next game already, but I loved Jalen Hurts over on rushing. I loved Dallas Goddard over on receiving, and I loved Mark Ingram over on rushing, 56 and a half. He easily hit that as well. So knocked the Eagles-Saints game out of the park last week. You're welcome. Uh, my second game of the week uh, last week was the Dallas Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people were predicting a shootout for that game. That's not what happened, but Kansas City still came through. They were only giving two and a half to the Dallas Cowboys at Arrowhead. I loved that spread. I said, take the Chiefs, give the points. Chiefs end up winning by 10 points, 19 to nine, easily cover. A couple of props here. I loved Cedric Wilson, receiver for the Cowboys to hit his over on receiving with Amari Cooper out. He hit that bang. I also liked Patrick Mahomes, over on rushing 18 and a half yards that didn't hit, but he did have it at one point. He was over on rushing in the second half and then ends up getting caught behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, and you know, an over turns into an under that was the only one that I missed on the game. So really great week Eagles win chiefs win hit most of my props. And I would like to keep it going again this week in week number 12. party. All right. So we're on to week 12. And yes, as John had stated before, I am a Jets fan, and I don't understand why this game was not flexed out to the Sunday night game. Jets, Texans. Everybody a burner. Burner. I got to see that. I mean, I don't even know how, how, if that goes up against other games. I mean, everybody's going to be watching this one, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, whose eyes are not going to be on this game? Jets, Texans, both two and eight. This is the battle for the second pick in the NFL draft because the Lions have not won a game yet. And they want, they lost again on Thanksgiving and they are now 0-10-1. Can't even believe they have a tie. That team is so bad. But the Jets and Texans, they're right behind the Lions. And uh, this is the return of Zach Wilson after being out four weeks with an injured knee. And Zach Wilson has been a complete disappointment. Other than that one game against the Titans – where the Jets actually won the game, and he had a good game. Uh, Zach Wilson's numbers are brutal. He's, uh, he's only ha has four touchdowns versus nine interceptions. The line right now, Texans laying two and a half, which really means that the Jets are actually favored to win this game because you're usually getting three points when you're at home, and the Texans are at home today. Over-under is 45. Now, Houston actually played very well last week, and they beat – the Titans last week, 22 to 13, as I indicated before, the Jets lost 24-17 to the Dolphins. Uh, more bad news for the Jets. No Michael Carter out with a high ankle sprain. Doesn't look like he's going to be back for a while. So that leads uh, the Jets backfield now is consisting of Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, and LaMichael Perrine, who I don't think has seen the field yet this year. And all three running backs are terrible. So that's not a good sign for the Jets today. The lone bright spot on the Jet offense, Elijah Moore, the rookie out of uh, Old Miss. 24 receptions for 336 yards in his last four games with four touchdowns. And last week, eight receptions for 141 yards against the Dolphins. 
Jets before last week had given up 175 yards in their last four games. They only gave up 24 to the Dolphins. Is that a good sign? I don't know. The Titans beat the I mean the Texans beat the Titans last week. So I just I just can't see the Jets uh, winning on the road at Houston, uh, especially after the Texans coming off that win against the Titans. Stats. Stats I'm gonna give you right now are absolutely brutal. Jets on offense, they're in the second half of the NFL in yards per game. And but ninth in passing, which is actually surprising given the fact that Zach Wilson's been terrible. Mike White had one good game and then came back down to earth. And Joe Flacco, who's washed up, uh, ended up uh, playing last week. Both Mike White and Joe Flacco are on the COVID list after Mike White tested positive for COVID, which is exactly why Zach Wilson is playing this week. I think if either one of those players were not on the COVID list, Zach Wilson would not be playing, but he is playing. And uh, I can't see many good things for him today despite the fact that the, Tex- the Texans are terrible on defense. Uh, Jets rank 29th in rushing on offense, 28th in points scored. Titans, on the other hand, they're terrible on offense as well. Uh, last in yards per game, 31st in passing yards per game, last in rushing, last in points scored. So I see this as being a very low-scoring game. The over-under is 45. I'd probably lean towards the under. But – Let's sort of look at the other side of the coin here on defense. Jets, does it get much worse than this? Last in yards per game given up. Last in passing yards per game given up. 29th in rushing yards per game given up. And last in points against. Uh, Texans aren't much better. 30th yards per game. 26th passing yards per game given up. 30th rushing yards per game given up. And 30th in points per game given up. I still lean towards an, an under in this game, under 45, but take the Texans, lay the two and a half. Uh, Jets are just in a complete tailspin. Two props I like, actually three props I like in this game. David Johnson is the running back for the Texans. He's not the David Johnson of old, but plus 110 to score a touchdown. I like David Johnson to score a touchdown in this game. Plus 110 on DraftKings. And I'm going to stick with the bright spot for the Jets, Elijah Moore. Over four and a half receptions plus 105 on DraftKings and his receiving yards. Also, take the over 55 and a half receiving yards minus 115 on DraftKings. Jets, Texans, that's a wrap. Take the Texans, lay the two and a half. John, any thoughts on this awful game? Houston at home giving two and a half. I love that. I love Houston over the Jets in this game. You know, Zach Wilson has been fairly unimpressive to, to me in his rookie year coming off injury after not playing for a few weeks. I've already taken Houston on this one. A couple of props I was kind of interested in uh, Tevin Coleman, the artist formerly known as Tevin Coleman over 37 and a half rushing yards, minus minus one ten on DraftKings. The reason why I looked at that Houston Texans ranked 30th against the run overall, giving up 133 and a half yards a game. Another one I was kind of looking at Ty Johnson receiving yards, 27 and a half, I believe it is 23 and a half, excuse me, 23 and a half at minus 115. Uh, he didn't do much in the receiving game against Miami last week, but before that he had 36 yards receiving 40, 71, 65. So with Zach Wilson back in Flacco out, I'm wondering if they might start throwing to the backs a little bit more. I know that was more Mike white than Zach Wilson, who was going to the backs, but I would presume 
that the Jets saw something that worked a little bit might go back to it. So those are the two that I would take a look at. Tevin Coleman over on rushing against that porous Houston rushing defense and then Ty Johnson receiving based on the fact that Zach Wilson's back in and Ty Johnson had, you know, some good success catching the ball for about a month there. Yeah, uh, not bad with the Tevin Coleman rushing. I'm not sure who they're going to go to at running back today. Again, it's Ty Johnson, it's uh, Tevin Coleman, and LaMichael Perrine. Uh, I don't know who that bat, the lead back's going to be. So I probably stay away from a rushing prop with the Jets but the Ty Johnson receiving prop is something that I'm going to definitely look at before uh, game time. All right, John, Eagles, Giants. Here we go. NFC East battle. Say it with me. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Eagles fly, baby. Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts have turned this season around, man. About a quarter of the way through the year, I thought – the season was over. The Eagles were playing as bad as I've seen an Eagles team play, especially with those horrible losses against Dallas and the Raiders just looked absolutely terrible. Hertz looked bad. They couldn't do anything right. And then they started running the ball, which, you know, I think is the right thing to do in this day and age. The biggest story uh, on the NFL this year has been the fact that defenses have really been playing back, whether you want to call it cover two, two high safeties, shell defense, basically to combat those high octane powered offenses that are throwing the ball 50 times a game. And what do you do to combat that cover two defense? It's not something new. You know, Tampa Bay did it in the early 2000s and everybody copied them. What you do is you run the ball, you throw short underneath and matriculate, as they say, down the field. The Eagles have been doing that um, both to, to combat those shell defenses and because they just haven't been able to push the ball down the field and it's worked for them. Over the last month, they're one of the top rushing offenses now in the league, both in terms of, excuse me, attempts and yards. They've won three out of four, including that big win at home against the Saints last week that we already talked about. This week, they go on the road to play their rivals, the Giants. The Eagles are giving three and a half at MetLife today. And the Eagles, you know, it makes me a little bit nervous almost because the Eagles are kind of in a good spot now. Even though they're only five and six, they're playing well. The defense is still short on talent, but the scheme is starting to work a little bit more. They're mixing a little bit more uh, blitzes and things like that. They're five and six. And for the rest of the year, the Eagles do not have to step on a plane. They, their games are all either at home or are at MetLife Stadium against the Giants or the Jets, or they play Washington down uh, in uh, Annapolis. So the Eagles are in a good spot right here. I would be very surprised if the Eagles didn't continue to run the ball, at least a 50-50 split. Keep doing it until somebody stops you. Uh, taking a look at injuries real quick, the Eagles will be without Jordan Howard, who admittedly has been a big part of that rushing resurgence. However, I think as long as it's only a week or so, the Eagles can survive because really it's the offensive line that's been killing it. And they just got Miles Sanders back from injury last week. So even if the Eagles are going to mix in multiple backs, which I expect them to do, I think Miles Sanders and Boston Scott can easily um, handle the load there. The other injury that I don't like for the Eagles is linebacker Davion Taylor, former third round pick who is getting a lot more run uh, in the last few weeks. He's going to be out this week. The Giants, however, also have their own injury problems. Sterling Shepard is already out. <laughs> Kadarius Toney listed as doubtful. Saquon Barkley, the last time I checked, it was questionable. So I'm going to assume he's going to play, but we'll see. We'll follow that and see if there's any last minute news. 
Um, you know, the Eagles and Giants, obviously division foes have a long and storied history, even though, you know, Eagles fans and Cowboys fans have a long rivalry as well. It, to be honest with you, the Eagles and Giants really have been the bigger rivalry over the last 20 years. Um, as a matter of fact, I think NFL.com did one of their top tens. It was like the top 10 greatest rivalries in NFL history. They actually had Eagles Giants ranked number one overall, which was a surprise to me. Um, this rivalry tends to go through stretches where one side or the other dominates. There's been plenty of times when the Eagle, the Giants dominated the Eagles, including, for example, like in the late 90s. Uh, however, re in recent history, the Eagles have really held the upper hand over the Giants. As a matter of fact, in their last 10, the, the Eagles are eight and two against the Giants. And actually, it probably it gets even worse than that if you go back further. Eagles also 4-0 against the spread in their last four against the NFC. And you take a look at those Giants. I said before, the Eagles have been running the ball. That's been the secret to their success. The Giants are 23rd right now in the NFL against the run, giving up uh, over 119, almost 120 yards a game, according to teamrankings.com. Um, and on the other side of the ball, the Giants haven't been much better. Uh, last week, you know, in a loss against the Bucks, they had only 215 total yards of offense. 215 total yards of offense. Um, Daniel Jones has not been very impressive. Uh, last week on his completions, he was only getting about six and a half yards um, per completion. Um, one thing that the Eagles have done better on defense recently, like I said before, is be a little bit more aggressive. They've blitzed a little bit more. I'm hoping they do more of the same today because the Giants are only ranked 25th in pass blocking win rate on the year. Another thing in the Eagles' favor, uh, I'm starting to make myself a little bit nervous here, listing all of the things in the Eagles' favor. Um, the Eagles are on the road. You know, they had a big win at home last week against the Saints. That was their first win at home on the year. Um, the Eagles' defense, much better on the road. 17 of their 18 sacks have come on the road. They're allowing a paltry 20 points per game on the road. The Eagles, four and two against the spread away take that all into account <clears throat> i have to believe that sirian is going to continue to run the ball i don't believe in this giants team you know the eagles could have a letdown after um the big win at the saints and you know everything is stacking up in the eagles favor but there could be a big injury and i'm expecting at least one letdown if not more than one letdown in this last stretch of the season but i'm going to say it's not going to happen this week I'm going to predict and predict an Eagles win. I'm going to give the three and a half. I wish it was two and a half. That one, that point, that hook hurts me a little bit. As a matter of fact, if you want to take this game and take the Eagles and give the points, take it on FanDuel right now. It's already up to four points on DraftKings. So that's my pick on the game. I'm taking the Eagles to win on the road against the Giants. Continue to run the ball. Give the three and a half. As far as props, props, and more props, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. I said last week on the podcast, I think you agreed with me, that as long as the Jalen Hurts rushing prop is 50 or below, that we're going to continue to take it. He's averaging 56.2 rushing yards per game. I'm expecting Jalen Hurts to continue to run the ball here. On DraftKings, the rushing prop is creeping up right at that, you know, that Mendoza line we referenced. It's about 50 and a half rushing yards on DraftKings. It's 49 and a half on FanDuel, so you need him just to hit that 50 mark to win. I've already taken that 50 burger on Hertz. 
Daniel Jones is the other prop that I'm looking at here. Daniel Jones rushing yards on DraftKings, it's 19 and a half yards. On FanDuel, it's 18 and a half yards. I've already taken that 18 and a half, and that's because Daniel Jones is averaging 26.8 rushing yards a game. I've seen him take off, you know, many times, and especially against the Eagles. In two games against the Eagles last year, his rushing totals were 92 yards and 64 yards. So I can easily see him hitting this 18 and a half yards, especially when you take into account that I want to see the Eagles blitz. They blitzed more with more success on the road. So if Daniel Jones gets flushed out of the pocket a couple of times, he can easily hit this 18 and a half. A couple other props that I was looking for but couldn't find anywhere. Um, I said before that key to this game is going to be the Eagles running the ball over and over and over. So I was looking for any rushing attempts props. Couldn't find them anywhere. I didn't see any rushing attempts props. I also wanted to see if I could get a Boston Scott rushing prop. Uh, Miles Sanders is up at like 63 and a half rushing yards, which he could totally hit but he's been so up and down when he's played. I'm, that's a little bit too rich for my blood. So I was looking for Boston Scott, expecting the Eagles to split up the workload and maybe Boston Scott could have a little success there. And he's had a ton of success against the Giants since he joined the Eagles. He scored, I think, in every single game against the Giants. So an anytime touchdown might be in his favor, but I couldn't find any specific rushing props for Boston Scott. So keep an eye on it as the day moves on. If a Boston Scott rushing prop pops up, take it. But other than that, my picks are Eagles give the three and a half points on the road. Jalen Hurts over 49 and a half rushing yards on FanDuel and Daniel Jones over 18 and a half rushing yards also on FanDuel, right? Yes, also on, on FanDuel. So, so give me your thoughts, man. Are you with me? I'm completely with you. You know, if the Jets are the um, measuring stick for futility, the Giants are Jets light. They are almost as bad, if not as bad, as the New York Jets. So the Giants are Jets light. Take the Eagles, lay the three and a half points. I'm with you all day on that. I'm also with you on the Hurts rushing. I'm going to take that like we took Kelsey last year every single week until it doesn't work. Um, and the other prop that I like, who seems to be a favorite target of Jalen Hurts, is Dallas Goddard, over 51 and a half receiving yards. I've already taken that, uh, minus 115 on DraftKings. Um, any last thoughts, Eagles, uh, Giants? Agree with everything that you said. I did also take a look at that Dallas Goddard over. The only reason why I didn't recommend it this week is because the last few weeks it's been in that 40, 41 and a half, 42 and a half range, which I like it's popping up to that 50 range. He could totally hit it. He would have hit it last week. Uh, but just because the, the prop is, is kind of uh, gaining ground a little bit is why I stayed away, but I don't hate it. My last thought is sorry, Koza taking the Eagle. Nice. I mean, the giants got completely smoked last week against Tampa Bay, but um, again, Jalen hurts is not Tom Brady, but Rob Gronkowski had a, had a good game last week uh, as a tight end. So that's why I'm, I'm going to take that Goddard uh, prop this week. All right, week two. I mean, not game two, sorry. Week 12, game two, Titans at the Patriots. Patriots are probably playing the best football out of any team right now in the NFL. Um, Eagles might be playing the second best football, but the Patriots have won five straight games and they beat the Falcons last week 25 to nothing. The Titans, on the other hand, they lost to the lowly Houston Texans 22 to 13. Um, still, the Titans come in with an 8-3 and three record, and the Patriots are 7-4. and four, But as I said, they're coming off five straight wins, and the Patriots are home. The line right now is 7, 
Pats laying seven, over-unders 43 and a half. Mike Vrabel, coach of, tight, of the Tennessee Titans, last two games against the Patriots, he's won both, 2019 in the regular season and last year, 2020, in the wild card game, which just happened to be uh, – um, Actually, the 2019 game was Tom Brady's last game in a Patriots uniform. Titans still have the best record in the AFC, but as I said before, the Patriots are coming off five straight wins. Jonu Smith, a tight end for the Patriots, he spent his first four seasons with the Titans and is now the tight end for the Patriots after the Patriots picked him up in free agency, and he's having a pretty decent year. Where do I think that the difference in this game is? The difference in this game is there's no Derrick Henry. The Titans are extremely banged up, and they just put A.J. Brown on injured reserve along with uh, Julio Jones, who's been on injured reserve. So without two top receivers, top running back, uh, I can't see the Titans competing in this game against the Patriots. So I'm going to lay the seven points with the Patriots. Without Derrick Henry, the Titans tried to turn back the clock and signed Adrian Peterson, but that experiment did not work out and he just got waived. They do have a running back by the name of Dontrell Hilliard, who had a pretty decent game last week against Houston, seven rushes for 35 yards, eight receptions for 47 yards, undrafted running back out of Tulane. Now I was looking at his prop, um, but the problem is, is that the Patriots defense is just out of this world. Third in yards per game, sixth in passing yards against per game, ninth in rushing yards given up per game, and they are first in points scored against, 16.1. And the Titans offense, a little skewed because up until the last couple of games, they have Derek, they had Derek Henry, and they ranked, they ranked fifth in rushing yards um, and 10th in points scored. But without Derek Henry, without A.J. Brown, and without Julio Jones, I just can't see the Titans competing in this game. So I like the, the Patriots. I like the Patriots in a blowout in this game. Um, I think because the Patriots are going to be pretty stout on defense against the run, I'm going to take an interesting prop here. I'm going to take Ryan Tannehill over 229 and a half passing yards, even though no AJ Brown and no Julio Jones, I think he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I don't think 229 and a half passing yards is, too big of a number to eclipse for Tannehill. The other prop that I like in this game, Deontay Foreman, the now running back for the Patriots, over 57 and a half rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I think he's going to have a big day both in the backfield and out of the backfield, catching a pass from Mac Jones. So take the Patriots, lay the seven. Tannehill over 229 and a half passing yards and Deontay Foreman over 57 and a half rushing and receiving yards. John, what are your thoughts on Patriots Titans in this game? Yeah. I mean, I think I've rarely seen a, a team be so decimated by injuries as the, as the Titans are. I mean, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derek Henry. I mean, that's some elite talent right there to be without. Uh, it's impressive that they've been able to remain afloat at all. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, I, just it never ceases to amaze me the job that Bill Belichick can do. It seems like he's building this team right back up. It's very reminiscent of his early 2000s Patriot teams, a young quarterback who doesn't make a ton of mistakes in Mac Jones. You know, Mac Jones hasn't lit the world on fire, but he's certainly been serviceable so far. And with a, um, a, a running game that seems like it can mix and match running backs 
and a stout defense. They're obviously headed in the right direction or, and are going back to the playoffs. The one prop that I like uh, that I took last week as well, uh, Kendrick Bourne over on receiving. His receiving prop has been sort of creeping up and up and up. Right now it's 34 and a half on DraftKings. Uh, and he's been right around that number or over it the last one, two, three, four, five, six. Last six weeks in a row, he's had 34 or more receiving yards, including 42 last week and 98 the week before. So that's the one prop that I would throw in there to Kendrick Bourne. All right, good stuff. So who do we got in week two? I mean, I'm sorry, game two. Keep saying game week two. two. Yeah, game two, I'm going with an AFC West matchup. That's the Los Angeles Chargers uh, playing the Denver Broncos in Mile High in Colorado. The six and four Chargers and the five and five Broncos. Chargers are giving two and a half on the road to the Broncos. Last week, the Chargers beat the Steelers in a wild game. Broncos are coming off their bye week. Uh, Before their bye week, they actually lost at home to the Eagles 30 to 13. Uh, Both teams have injuries up and down uh, their lines here. Both teams have injuries up and down their offensive lines. So, you know, that's not great for either team. Uh, But I think it sort of cancels. They cancel each other out from a betting perspective as far as looking at it and analyzing the game. The one injury that sort of pops out at me, it looks like safety Kareem Jackson for the Denver Broncos is going to be out. I think that's going to hurt them big time. I think the Broncos, the needle is pointing down. Uh, And for the Chargers, the needle is pointing up. You know, the Chargers got off to a great start, had a little dead period, and I think uh, are on the way back now, uh, especially after that big win against the Steelers last week. Chargers are 5-0 against the spread and their last five against the AFC West overall. Uh, The Broncos had a huge win at Dallas, but, you know, looking at the season overall big picture that's starting to look more and more like an anomaly I think the Broncos had you know three early wins against bad teams including the Giants their defense uh, which had some good numbers early on is starting to show its true colors that it's just not as good as its numbers would suggest they are 26th in DVOA and 28th in weighted DVOA they have six linebackers six on injured reserve Uh, They might get Bradley Chubb back this week, so that would help them a bit. But overall, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Justin Herbert uh, is going to take the Chargers to Denver, beat Denver. I say take the Chargers, give the two and a half. I've already taken them and given the two and a half because I think the the Broncos are are not going to have a great end to the year. Like I said, I think the arrow is pointing up for the Chargers, down for the Broncos. I'm expecting the Chargers, who have had a lot of success recently against AFC West division opponents to take this game, take the chargers, give the two and a half couple of props. I'm interested in uh, Austin Eckler, you know, the, the char- if Justin Herbert, isn't the chargers offensive MB- MVP. It's clearly Austin Eckler. I'm looking right now at his prop for receiving yards. It's 32 and a half receiving yards minus 110 on both FanDuel and DraftKings. And he's averaging 40 and a half receiving yards per game Uh, in their last five in their last five games, the Broncos are giving up 61.6 receiving yards to running backs per game. 
love this Eckler prop. Give me 32 and a half receiving yards. I'm also looking at 95 uh, combined yards uh, as far as his combined rushing and receiving prop goes. That one's a little bit of a closer call. He averages about 97 per game. But like I said before, uh, the Broncos rushing defense in particular uh, is showing its true colors to not be as good as its numbers would have suggested earlier in the year. Right before the bye week, the Eagles ran all over the Broncos in that win. So give me Austin Eckler over on receiving yards. That's a hard 50 burger, maybe even a Royale with cheese. And then I also like, but don't love the 95 combined rushing and receiving yards for Austin Eckler. Uh, The other prop that I like, Javante Williams. He's a rookie running back that I've loved all year. He's been splitting time almost right down the middle with Melvin Gordon. That's continued. Both running backs have had success. You know, Javante is averaging just over, I think, 51 yards uh, rushing Uh, per game and we as a you know betting and fantasy community have sort of been waiting for Javante Williams to sort of take over uh, and start no pun intended running with the job this might be the week his rushing prop on both FanDuel and DraftKings is 50 and a half five zero point five rushing yards I'm gonna take it even though it's right around his average those Los Angeles Chargers are dead last in rushing defense. So even though I expect the Chargers to come in, have success offensively and win the game, their rushing defense can still be exploited. I do expect the Broncos to try to exploit it, to give Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon a chance to run the ball against the Chargers. I think Javante is going to have some success because of that. And that's why I'm going to take his prop at 50 and a half rushing yards. So those are my thoughts on this AFC West matchup today. I'm taking the Chargers. Give the two and a half points. I'm taking Austin Eckler receiving yards hard on that. And also his combined rushing and receiving last prop of the day, Javante Williams over 50 and a half rushing yards. So what do you think about this AFC matchup, JT? I like your props. I like Eckler over 32 and a half receiving yards, or I'm not sure what it is on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, it's 32 and a half. His combined as well, and Javante Williams, I think this could be the game where he actually steps up and, and takes the reins as the, the lead back for uh, the Broncos. But I'm not totally sold on is the Chargers. I, don't, I can't figure this team out because, yeah, they had an impressive win against the Steelers last week, but before that, it's been a mixed bag with the Chargers. And Denver's at home. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like today, but – with Denver at home getting points, I'm probably going to lean towards Denver in this game, but it's probably a game I'm going to stay away from because I don't really trust either one of these teams, and I think the game could probably go either way. Um, but if I had to, you know, gun to the head, I'm probably going to take the Broncos with the points. Um, but, again, it's probably a game I'm going to stay away from just because I don't, I can't figure either one of these teams out. Um, so that's my thoughts on, on uh, Chargers-Broncos. Any last, any last thoughts on this game? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're absolutely right. The Chargers have been an up and down team, a bit of a Jekyll and the high team. And I did think about, you know, I got burned by the Chargers earlier in the year. I took them big time um, traveling across the country to play at Baltimore uh, and they got beat up. They looked horrible in that game, but I see some very key differences here. You know, they don't have to travel all the way across the country to play this game. They're only traveling from Los Angeles to Denver. It's, you know, short travel that they're used to. And the biggest thing for me, division opponent, division opponent, division opponent. And the Chargers have been so good against the AFC West. I could see that continuing. So that's why I'm sticking with the Chargers. All right, good stuff. So usually in level two, I give you my college football nuggets, but we are recording on a Sunday morning instead of normally either on a Friday or a Saturday um, before the college football slate starts. But 
I did have a pretty decent day yesterday. I took Notre Dame uh, against Stanford, hit on that. They were laying 20 and a half points. Pittsburgh against Syracuse, they were laying 12. I took that and hit on that. I thought Texas A&M was going to blow out LSU yesterday, and they ended up losing. Um, they were laying six and a half points, so I didn't hit on that. But I did pull a hedgehog move yesterday during the Alabama-Auburn game. Mid-game with Auburn uh, winning at the time, uh, I took Auburn getting 13 and a half points when they were up 10-0 on Alabama. So I hit on that. Auburn ended up losing in quadruple overtime by two points, but I still hit on my hedge bet. On Friday, I thought Utah was actually going to crush um, – who did they play? They ended up playing uh, Colorado. I thought they were going to destroy Colorado after coming off that impressive win against Oregon. They were laying 24 points. I did not hit on that, but I did hit on – Arkansas laying 15 points and Cincinnati laying 14 points respectively. So I ended up actually winning about six out of the six or seven out of the 10 games that I bet uh, between Friday and Saturday on college football. All right, moving in to level three, our tracks of the week. I'll start this one off this week. Another big uh, trance track. One of uh, the greatest trance artists, in my opinion, Airscape. Going with Pacific Waves, a track from a few years ago, but still just a banging track that I've been listening to um, over the last several days. So my track of the week, Airscape Pacific Waves. Waves. Airscape mix of Kiss, also one of the greatest tracks of all time. So love that pick. My pick for track of the week this week, I'm going with a song that befits, I believe, the season. It's Thanksgiving weekend, so I'm all about, you know, in, in the mode of being thankful right now. And I'm going with a track that's actually called Thank You. It's by uh, a group Third Party featuring Lolita Holloway. It's from 2012, so from a few years ago. It's that very, you know, upbeat, progressive, you know, house vibe that was really um, at the at the forefront of the EDM genre back then in 2012, you know, very Swedish house mafia-ish. Still love the song. Great mood. Like I said, great upbeat feeling to the song. Great vocal. So that's my track of the week. Third Party featuring Lolita Holloway. Thank you. stuff good stuff all right this concludes our podcast for week 12 of the nfl may your bets be sharp and your catches be bountiful 
We will see you next week for week 13. Go Eagles. Go Texans. See you guys. <laughs> Later. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Adios. 